Um, turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. When you hear of uh, a city's name, uh, especially if they have a reputation, you think about that city. Uh, if I told you I was going to go to Laguna Beach, what would you say? Oh, man, that's great. That's great. I can just picture it. Laguna Beach. If I told you I was going to go on a vacation and we were going to stay, Rebecca and I were going to go on a, a, a honeymoon, a second honeymoon, and we were going to fly, we were going to hop on a plane and fly to Detroit. What would you think? Some of you don't know why everyone else is laughing. It's because you haven't been to Detroit. Uh, I had a friend or co-worker at one time. Uh, she called it Detroit. Uh, so, uh, um, and uh, if, forgive me if any of you are from Detroit or uh, sorry for you if any of you are from Detroit or whatever that is. Uh, we, we live by other things too, right? If I said uh, uh, Las Vegas, uh, Las Vegas even has a nickname. Sin City, right? Or Hollywood. Hollywood connected to some things. It, various places, the great city of Tehachapi, you know, right? Bakersfield. Bakersfield. I, I, was talking to, uh, I was talking to a customer service person, and they were, I don't know where they were in the world, and uh, they said, Tehachapi, where's that? And I said, it, it's by Bakersfield. And she says, oh, uh, I think that's by Fresno, where I, I have a, a cousin who lives in Fresno. And I said, well, let me tell you about Fresno. Uh, some people say it's the armpit of California. And Bakersfield is the other arm. It's the other arm, okay? Uh, and uh, it, it, t- cities, cities bring about connotations. You think When you think of a city... Uh, you think, is it a good city or a bad city? Is it a place you'd like to live or visit? Or is it a place you wouldn't like to live or visit? Um, These are the connotations that go into our mind. And today we're going to look at um, a handful of cities that the Lord pointed out and He connected one to the other. And uh, He is trying to share with us some characteristics and what He thinks about these cities and really what's going to happen uh, for responses to Him uh, in these ways. Uh, If you'd stand in honor of God's Word, I'd love to read to you. Starting at verse 20 and reading through that section there. This is uh, Jesus. Uh, he's with his, uh, the people that are there and he's sharing with them his heart. And it says, Then he began to denounce the cities where most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I tell you, it would be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. And you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? You will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I tell you that it will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom 
than for you. God, I ask your blessing on our time in your word. Uh, God, I ask that you would stir our hearts. That we would not be cold in our response to you, but that we would have our hearts open wide. uh, And that we would not fight you, but that repentance would be borne out in our lives. God, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Jesus is making a a huge, important, um, intense point here about a few cities and their response to what he has done. And what what he did was he was presenting himself. And their response uh, to what he had done was connected with him. It was connected with him. And so don't just get lost in the details of what he had done and why, but, but that that was connected with him as a person. And as we consider Jesus this morning, I want to remind you that it's not just about the details of your life. It's not just about what you get and what you do and what happens this afternoon or tomorrow. It's about a relationship with a person. And that person is Jesus. The book of Matthew describes <clears throat> Jesus as king. <clears throat> that he is the one that comes as not just another king. He is another king. Not just a different king. He's very different but as the king, the king to be responded, the, the, the king to be uh, bowed before, the, the king that is to change and affect one's life. Matthew tells us uh, that he began to denounce the cities. Um, he tells us even before what the message is, that it was not a message of whatever it wasn't just a message uh, that, hey, I know about you, but <clears throat> it's that I don't approve, that I, I speak down upon. You did it wrong. Unfortunately, um, where we are in our pride as a people, <clears throat> can't tell anyone they're wrong anymore. Can't tell anyone they're wrong. Oh, you've just made a different choice. I have a different way. I have a different opinion. My opinion's just as valid as yours. And yet Jesus comes as the king and said, your response to what I've done was wrong. And he lists out the cities. I want to tell you that even though these cities as a whole were denounced, it wasn't that a nobody repented in there. It's just that as, as a characteristic, as a town, as a city, as a village, if you will, uh, they, uh, they rejected him. They ignored him. And so this is what happened. He, he speaks first of Chorazin and, and Bethsaida. Um, Chorazin being a small city about two miles from Capernaum. And then Bethsaida, another small city on the shores of Galilee. And it marks for us in Bethsaida that we know that he had done, it's recorded that he had done some miracles there. In Mark 8, it says he gave sight to the blind man. 
And then it also talks about the feeding of the 5,000 being near there. But the, the point as you look at this is that there were many, many works that he had done, many mighty works. Uh, it, it's making a point here that it wasn't just an isolated thing that one person or a few handfuls had seen, but it was something that permeated these cities that they had seen. And, and you say, well, what? what? What did they... Jesus, you need to know this, that not every miracle that Jesus did was recorded. That Jesus, when He was going about teaching and, and doing miracles, He was going about being Himself, the King. And it tells us that in these two cities... Uh, that are described here, that many works were done. It also mentions Tyre and Sidon. These are two coastal towns to the north of Israel, both of them known as heathen towns. Both of those were famous or infamous for what they had done. And they were well known to God's people. And so you get this picture of Corson and Bethsaida as being uh, mostly Jewish, in their mind, those who followed after God, those who practiced religion. And then you have these other two towns, were known as heathen towns. Those were the filthy ones. Those were the dirty ones. And so as God's people, they were in these towns, they would look down and they say, we're the moral ones. We're the ones that, that are, are right in the eyes of God because of what we had done and what we do and the practices and the sacrifices that we keep. And then there's Tyre and Sidon over there, the, those filthy towns, the sin cities, the, the places where filth happens and they don't care about God at all. And Je so Jesus, as He says this, as He denounces these cities... You need to hear the distinction that these aren't just cities who had rejected God. These aren't cities that just rejected Jesus, but they were cities in their morality thought themselves good enough without Him. Jesus says in verse 21, Woe to you! Woe to you! This is a picture of a sad warning, a sad judgment, if you will. It's the, it's the idea of saying, uh, stop in the midst of what you're talking about. This is something important. As we look at this, this is a big deal. A sad warning for Jesus for these two cities. And what is it that they had done? What was so uh, awful that they had uh, offended Jesus? And Jesus says this, For if the mighty works done in you, meaning in these cities, had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. So where did he do the mighty works? Where did the miracles happen? They, they happened in Chorazin and Bethsaida. That, that's where it happened. And probably in such a way where almost everyone had either had a first-hand account or a second-hand account. 
that word had traveled and Jesus spent so much time and it wasn't just an isolated. There were many works that that people could see. They could see the power of Jesus. They could see that he was the king. And he said, that's where I did my many works. If they had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have responded. How would they have responded? They would have repented with sackcloth and ashes. Long ago. First of all, repented. Uh, that word is a word of, of changing of mind, of changing a course. It's stopping you midstream. Uh, I was talking to some folks before the service about uh, having uh, GPS on your phone or, or on your iPad or in your car and stuff like that. Uh, we got lost a few times on our trip this summer, and it just says rerouting, rerouting. And it just says, you need to, you're, you're on the wrong path. You're going to turn around, turn around. Uh, it, it whips you on that U-turn, right? Most of the time it's on that U-turn. The picture here is this of repentance is we're going along just fine in our minds. We've got a course, we've got a path, we've got a road, we've got a way of life and we're going. And what happens is something stops that. Something changes our course. And what it pictures is this. We all have our own direction. We all have our own path. We're all making our own way. And Jesus does his miracles. And those miracles are not meant to send us on our own way. But they're meant to draw us to him in repentance. They're meant to stop us dead in our tracks. And realize we are going and have gone the wrong way. And he says, if I would have done those miracles over in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented. They would have changed. I I say this often, so I'll say it again. Uh, You don't add Jesus to your already awesome life. It's not the idea of uh, he's going to come and validate my morality. He's going to come validate my greatness. He's not going to come and join in on what I'm already doing. He wants to change your life. And he does change your life. That's the word repentance. It's the idea that he's changing your way and your direction. Jesus makes the, the point, he says, they, they would have repented long ago, long ago. It wouldn't have, it, it, it wouldn't have taken. So, so it's like the idea they see this miracle and they go, oh, wow. And they see another miracle. Oh, what? And there's this sense of re- repetition and this hardening of their heart over time where they say, uh, show me something else. Show me something else. Or I got other things to do. You know, that one, that, that wasn't as exciting as the last one. I'm going to go back to whatever I was doing long ago. And not just that they would have repented, but it says in sackcloth and ashes. It uses the Old Testament picture of grieving. Where, where they would put on a, 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 a garment and a, a posture of grieving, of heartbreak, of, of just ex- anguish of what had happened 
And he says, that's how they would have done this. That as they would have looked and seen the mighty works. And, and this is how it goes. So as you see a picture of who Jesus is. And then as you look at your own life. And you put the two side by side. This is my life without Jesus. This is who Jesus is. And there was a sense of overwhelming grief that is a proper response to the mighty works of Christ. And so as, as Jesus shares this, he says, you know, you moral cities that you, you think you're doing just fine. I did all these mighty works in your midst. And what was your response? It wasn't repentance. If I would have done those in those wicked cities of Tyre and Sidon over there, they would have repented. They would have changed. And they would have done it quickly. They would, they would have done it initially. And they would have done it with a grieving heart, knowing that they were the sinners. And then he says how this uh, goes about, how, how this ends up. They would have repented long ago. They would have done it with grief. And then in verse 22, it says this. But I tell you, it will be more bearable on the day of judgment for Tyre and Sidon than for you. Than for you. It'll be better for Las Vegas and the the sinful cities of this world. the, The places where debauchery goes on than for you in your own morality, in your own self-centeredness, uh, self-righteousness. It'll be better for them than for you. And what's hard to get is this. It'll be more bearable. It won't be bearable for either. Judgment will not be bearable for anyone. But the harsher judgment from Jesus comes for the self-righteous not for the ones who, who are involved in debauchery. Look at that. As they would have heard this, as this message would have filtered out, it would have sent shockwaves through the crowd. Tyre and Sidon, are you kidding me? I, I don't get it. We've been being good. You know how much I gave last year? Do you know how, how many sacrifices I made? Do you know how many trips I've made to come and to worship? you know how holy I am? Tire inside. Be more bearable than for them than for you. That's his first example. Let me explain to you about the cities. He says, I want to share with you the response that I have to my mighty works. If you look down in God's Word, um, verse 23, it says, And you Capernaum. You look at uh, the Chorazin and Bethsaida, very small areas. Capernaum being really the center of Jesus' mighty works. It's one of the places that that some have even suggested it's kind of like his hometown of miracles. It's his hometown of his mighty works because he did so many there and it's mentioned so many times. He looks at Capernaum and... Because of uh, where the city was, because of what it was known for, they thought very highly of themselves. 
very highly. They thought themselves better, especially better than towns like Tyre and Sodom. Or uh, um, I'll get to that, but uh, Tyre and Sidon. As you look at this, you see Capernaum. But there's a confusion that happens from thinking well of yourself. It's a fog that pride puts on ourselves. And others might see it, but for us, it leaves us in the clouds. When we find ourselves to be moral, when we find ourselves to be doing good and doing right, it causes us to be lost in this cloud where we can't see ourselves as God sees us. My suggestion is that uh, Capernaum had this confusion. In verse 23, Jesus asked this question. He says, uh, and, and you, Capernaum, will you be exalted to heaven? And, and as I think about this, this is the question that we struggle with uh, today for us as, as Americans, as people who seek to do good. It's, will you go to heaven? Who goes to heaven? Who will be lifted up? Who has a place and a, a position in heaven? Who is it that deserves to go? And then we start the mumbling thing. That, well, you know, um, I, I, I haven't done that many bad things. I haven't done that many bad things. And I'm, I'm, I'm better than some. I'm better than a lot, in fact. I could na- name a list of people that I'm better than. And because I'm better than most, and because of the things that I've done, because of my generosity and my kindness and the things that I've accomplished, I deserve to go to heaven. I have a place there. I have a position in heaven. Jesus asked this question which to which they would have said, of course we're going. Of course we're exalted. We're, we're good. And he, after asking the question, he answers his own question. And he says this, You will be brought down to Hades. You'll be brought down to Hades. This word Hades is uh, to the depths. In some places in the scripture, it's just talking about death and the idea of being put in the grave. In other places, as I believe here, the idea of hell. The idea of hell. Corresponding with being in heaven with God forever. Forever to being condemned to hell forever. He says, Capernaum, and all your morality, and all your good works, and all the things that you pride yourselves in, you find yourself to be those who are residents of heaven, but the reality is, you have a place and a position in hell. He goes on to describe uh, and clear up their confusion. The end of verse 23, he says, For if the mighty works done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. To which I go, Sodom? Get spared? The idea that uh, 
If you look back through the Old Testament and the description of Sodom and it's just filth and uh, sexual perversion and, and, and the things that were going on there and, and you go, oh, it, it, it's marked. And I want to tell you for all of history, it is marked. Everyone knows who Sodom is. The most perverse and it's known for its perversion. This is what the city is known for. And Jesus says this. He says, Capernaum, you think you are great. You're thinking that you are morally superior. You think you have a place in God's kingdom. But because of your response to me, Jesus, because you have failed to to listen and to be confronted with my mighty acts, that if, if these same acts had been done in Sodom, they would have been spared by their response. Sodom would still be here. It wouldn't be infamous for what it's infamous for. And and as the hearers must have heard this, it must have been so hard for their ears to hear. I thought we were great. I thought we were doing fine. And now you just compared us to Sodom? In verse 24, he says this, But I tell you that it is... It will be more tolerable on the day of judgment for the land of Sodom than for you. How do we deal with that? It won't be tolerable for Sodom. That's not what this is teaching. It is more tolerable. It'll be worse. It'll be worse. Jesus is speaking to us today. Uh, as I hear this message, I. It's, it confronts me in my mind and I'm struggling with it. A few things stand out to me. It, it, it separates self-righteousness and debauchery. And we say, uh, well, you know, I'm better. I am better. And Jesus says, no, you're not. No, you're not. Sometimes we look down and we, we look at people and, and, and we say, oh, what a drug addict. What a waste of a life. What a loser. In our self-righteousness, we get caught in the fog, not really realizing that's us. It's us. We also see um, a display of the mighty works of Christ. And the response being what? Indifference. Indifference. Maybe this will help you understand. Maybe it won't. So Jesus did miracles in their midst. Feeding of the 5,000. Making uh, someone who can't hear, hear. Someone can't see. You know, he, He's doing these things in their midst. And people are watching them. And they see it. And they're riveted and they, they, they see what Jesus has done and they can't deny it. And they say, uh, pass the nachos. Pass the nachos. I'm tired. You want to have something to drink? Hey, who's playing today? What time's the game? As we, as we consider the mighty works of Christ, as we're confronted with who He is. See, as we read the Scriptures, we see it as history. We see it as 
eyewitness accounts to what has gone on. To perfect, accurate things that we can know for certain. And, and as we read it, as we are confronted with that, they go, ah, pass the nachos. Uh, just go on with my life. Oh, I got to go. got to go. I'm real busy. My cat needs to be let out. I, I got these important things to do. I, I see the miracles of Jesus. I see him as king, the king over all, not just king over people, but king over everything to do miracles that no one else can do. Jesus displays himself as king that they might see and their response was indifference. It's not going to change my course. It's not going to reroute my life. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I'll go, oh, remember that time I saw Jesus heal a blind man? Yeah, it was a good day. (laughs) This is not the response to Jesus. This is not the appropriate response to Jesus. And the last thing I just want to share with you, and I think this is where it came together for these cities, is why didn't they respond? Why why don't people respond to Jesus? When they see who He is, when they hear clearly what He has done, when they realize that He is different than me and you and anybody else, why don't they respond? And I just say, I think it boils down to this. When you're trying to be good, when you're trying to be good in and of yourselves, that's what you're focused on right here. I'm going to be good. I'm going to set up a better life than anybody else. And so, so sometimes we go, you, you know, um, I, I may not be good right now, but I have potential to be great. And, and I have potential. I may be not doing it right now, but a couple of tweaks in my life and it's all going to come together. I got big plans. I got ideas. Of how I can go from maybe not being so much to at least good. And really, I I think with a couple of good things, I can be great. I can be great. And that's what I'm doing in life. That's what I'm doing. I'm seeking to be good and great. When Jesus stands before us. When he presents himself to us. And he says, I'm the king of all. I'm not just good. I'm not just great. I'm the best. I'm the only one. And to respond any other way, it tells us that we would rather have our life apart from Jesus than to acknowledge Him as King. It's just pride. It's just pride. This morning, um, for those of you who haven't trusted in Christ, uh, I want to encourage you. Don't think yourself good enough without Him. Don't think yourself too dirty for Him. He extends His hand to you and He says, I will be your King. For those of us who have trusted in Christ here today, this is a reminder that Jesus isn't impressed with our works, He's not shocked by our sins. But we should respond in repentance to his works. 
and follow him and acknowledge him as king in everything. Please join with me in prayer. Father God, thank you for this morning. I pray that we would be confronted with Jesus this morning, that he would uh, cause us to be shocked in our heart, and that we would grieve, we would repent, that our lives would change because we understood the mighty works of your Son. God, thank you for him, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being here today. You are dismissed.